It is Tuesday, the 14th of August. I'm your host, Ryan Kier, and this is the Quantium Cast. And before we get started with today's focus stocks, I need to get this off my chest. I was looking at a couple of headlines in the evening yesterday, and I saw that the Argentinian stock market had fallen something like 37% in a day as the peso had lost 30% of its value. I was thinking to myself, AIM investors would rejoice at this. In a day, in a world in fact, where you make more money in AIM, or at least lose less than you do in Argentinian stock market exposure. Crazy stuff. So today's focus stocks include a full house of results for Touchstone Exploration, Lucas PLC, Canadian Overseas Petroleum and Horizonte Minerals. The company had mentioned that they lost or made a net loss of about $833,000 versus a net loss of $523,000 in the equivalent prior year quarter. And this is with an average Brent benchmark price of $69.01 a barrel. In 2018, yes, the second quarter had them about $74 a pop. I believe they still lost money. Yeah, they did actually. This is what I mentioned about the $523,000 loss. I believe this company's cost of sales have increased a little bit, but obviously not by much because the operating expenses are up about $1.20 a barrel. The realized sales price though, they've mentioned here, uh, is actually $60, down from $62. So you had a drop of $5 in the old price in comparison, but a realized sale price drop of about $2. So they are getting a better price in comparison to the Brent benchmark price, but still there is quite a large discount. In fact, that discount was previously 20%, now it's about 15% of the oil price or the average Brent benchmark price. However, the company does have a balance of seven and a quarter million dollars. That money could potentially be used for acquisitions to say up their production and take advantage of a lower oil price environment. Obviously, oil prices are up about 4% since uh, lows yesterday, but they are still down in comparison to prices this time last year. It seems the company has total assets of around 34, actually net assets, I believe, of around $34 million, which say equates to just under 30 million pounds. And that shows that the company is trading at roughly a 20 to 30% discount to net assets. But as we have mentioned earlier, they aren't actually making any money and the shares are quite off their 52 week highs at around October 2018, I believe. 22.5 pence that was that valued them at something like 40 million pounds at the moment i said the market cap is 24 million and the price or the mid at least we could say is 15 odd with bid at 14.5 and ask at 15.5 spread of one which is uh 6.9 percent that's one pence per share spread moving on to lucas plc one of the self-proclaimed leaders in UK motor retail and after-sale service groups. They've released their unaudited results for the six months ended the 30th of June 2019. The 
The report began well with revenue growth of 2.7% in comparison to the previous half. But here's where it gets ugly. Underlying profit before tax in millions of pounds is down 27.5% in comparison to the previous half. So the first half of 2018. And that is down to 29.2 million. So previously it was 40.3 million pounds. Profit before tax is down 39.7% to 24.9 million pounds in comparison to 41.3 in the previous period mentioned. Their net debt has actually increased by about 35% to 73.9 million pounds. This is especially worrying as the company has the same dividend per share. They haven't slashed it. They've still kept the same payout rate. So let's look at it this way. If a company is not doing as well as they were in a previous year, why do you pay the same amount of cash? It's, it's not as bad as Centrica, but if we look back to Centrica, they had an earnings per share of about 10, yet they were paying a dividend per share of 12, an unsustainable dividend. At this moment, for the company, it is sustainable, but we need to kind of learn from certain situations. But we must note the de debt, the net debt is actually down from 86.9 million pounds in comparison to the 31st of December 2018. So they have been putting profit towards that. If we maintain the same dividend rate, the company's paying about say a seven, eight percent dividend yield on the current price, assuming they pay approximately three pence per share for the whole year of 2019, which is just an assumption. Then they'd be paying something like 15 million pounds in comparison to their 171 million pound market cap in dividends to shareholders and that could be a possible reason in fact as to why the shares have been suffering obviously performance hasn't grown at the rate that investors were looking for as shares have tumbled from 52 week highs of i believe 113.6 pence per share to the current price at about mid of 43 and a half and if I can find the 52 week low it was all the way at 33.7 pence and that at the moment hasn't had any relation to macroeconomic data because prices bottomed I believe around July looking at causes of this week of performance the company have reported that their new car sales are down about 3.6% in comparison to the half this time last year. Uh, the total unit sales are actually up, but uh, their retail unit sales are down because fleet unit sales have grown. Obviously, normal new cars aren't being bought as much these days, and that is kind of furthered in their used car sales figures. Their used car sales are up 4.1%. Obviously, retail unit sales, but they are used, so they have quite a large reduction in the price in comparison to buying a new one. I assume the company is paying probably a 30% figure of its earnings per share, or at least diluted earnings per share figure for, say, the whole year, or more so 40% if we're pushing it. Assume they pay 3%, a 3 pence per share for the full year, half one and half two included and their full year earnings per share is like 8.5, that's 30 to 40% kind of thing. 
more so towards 40. But nevertheless, this company is in a really competitive market that also involves individual sellers, you know, local garages, whatever. And they have mentioned that the used car sales market is a huge growth opportunity for them. But in reality, a lot of other people view it in that way. So it's down to marketing, the strategies in which the company takes to improve their operational performance and outperform their competitors. That will be interesting to see. And I've tried to access the results of Canadian Overseas Petroleum on their website and we can not see the quarter two financial results being uploaded anywhere. I've tried on multiple sites. It'll probably be released after this podcast is out. So we won't really comment on that. We'll probably have a follow-up tweet later. At the moment, all I can assume is that it's probably losses because the company's placed many times in previous years. And in fact, we might just have a look through the quarter one statements briefly to try and look at the extent of their losses, any liabilities on the accounts. Because the company had an issue with their Nigerian operations quite a while ago, and we can see net losses and uh, news on, yes, joint ventures, but geopolitical risk is something really huge to this kind of company. I remember they had a cash burn rate of something like $800,000 per month or something, or they'd reduced it or something after realizing that that monthly cash burn was simply unsustainable. In fact, at the end of quarter one 2019, the company had about $899,000 in cash. So with such a large burn rate, I assume they're looking to place soon. In fact, I might need to make a correction there. The company raised £495,000 14 days after its quarter one earnings report was released, which uh, was back in March, I believe. And at what you'd expect a significant discount to the close of trading the previous day. This kind of company seems that they are burning a lot of cash until you see revenue producing small caps. A lot of the time, that is the largest risk that you are taking by holding their shares overnight. And moving on to today's final company, we're looking at Horizonte Minerals. This is a nickel development company focused in Brazil and they've just announced their unaudited results for the six months ended the 30th of June 2019. What I see in this report is that the company had mentioned that uh, with regards to their Araguaia asset, it's obviously a nickel asset as they are a nickel exploration firm and hope to be a production firm I assume. They have had a lot of interest in the project financing of their project and they've mentioned a range of commercial banks and industry specialists regarding debt and potential offtake and other non-equity sources of finance. When management prefer to get finance from means other than equity financing, for example, going to a bank and getting, say, a revolving credit facility or something that, yes, you will pay it back eventually, but it is contingent on the company performing well. You are providing medium-term investment returns for your shareholders in comparison to potentially diluting them so much that when your company eventually produces, you're making such a grand loss that it's a waste of time and investors are probably still going to be down quite a lot. 
The company has mentioned that they had lost about £1.1 million for the six months ended the 30th of June 2019. This is about the same, maybe £200,000 less than what they'd lost in 2018. They've had quite a lot of share options granted, but less than the previous period in 2018, which we must note. I think it's quite good to see that the company doesn't have many liabilities. They've got about £36 million worth of assets, but £5 million almost worth of liabilities. So say they should be valued on book at £31 million, thereabouts. They're trading at about a market cap of £39 million. And if we look at their share price action for the past year, they are down from highs achieved in October of four pence per share but they were up from lows around 1.75 pence to current prices of 2.73. And I believe that's something like a 56% increase in price. So they were trading at a discount there. Now they're trading at a small premium. Nevertheless, this company is reliant on a financing deal. If they do have a financing deal, obviously you'd look to see the shares rise for investors, but until then there is cash burn. And we need to just have a quick look at their accounts before we head off. So assuming that they will lose the same amount they did in this half, which is usually an unrealistic assumption for a lot of companies because some businesses are seasonal. In this case, this company is an exploration and production firm. So I assume they'd spread their costs out. They have about 4 million worth of cash and cash equivalent, but the exact figure is 4.3 million pounds, rounded to the nearest two significant figures. So assume they burn another year's worth of capital, they'll burn say 2.2 2 million pounds. They'll still have cash remaining. So if this company were to raise in the future, it's unrealistic because they did mention they don't want to raise. They're looking at non-equity dilutive financing, which is impressive. But if they can't secure financing by say two years time, it could be likely that the company raises funds through dilutive means. It will be interesting to see how the company follows through, or at least management follows through with their intentions of getting non-dilutive financing. So that wraps up episode 10 of the Quantium Cast. We don't have any bonus content coming out later today, but if you'd like to catch up on the previous chart packs release, I believe something like two, three, and eight and nine are also available on our site and the previous podcast can be found from the drop-down menu under the Quantium Research account on Spotify. And for any of our listeners who are keen on technical analysis, head on over to our site and check out our latest article that dropped last night. In fact, just before midnight last night. It's called Charles Dow and Cross-Market Confirmation. We'd absolutely love to hear your thoughts. In fact, you can message us at Twitter on at QuantiumCast or email us at info at quantumresearch.co.uk. I've been your host, Ryan Keir. Until next time.